Welcome to episode 53 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Giving is a spiritual standard and a way to measure our spiritual lives. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about principle number two from 2 Corinthians 8 regarding money, and it's that giving is a spiritual standard. We're going to read uh, several verses of scripture here in 2 Corinthians uh, 8, and we're going to start in verse 8. I am not speaking this as a command, but as proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity of your love also. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now finish doing it also, so just as there was the earnestness or the readiness to desire it, there may also be a completion of it by your ability. Now remember, these two chapters, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, are talking about money. When he talks about Jesus being made poor, he's not talking about being made spiritually poor. I know there are people that try to say that. That is completely out of context. That is not what this is saying. But we do want to look at the principle here that giving is a spiritual standard, and it is a way to measure our spiritual lives. He says in verse 8, he's not speaking as a command. He's not requiring them. This isn't the tithe. This is an offering above the tithe. I'm not speaking this as a command, but as proving through the earnestness, the earnestness of others, the sincerity of your love also. Again, he's talking about giving. And we understand what he's saying here is that giving reveals your earnestness, and it, it, re, it reveals where your heart is really at. In the Living Bible, it says, I'm not giving you an order. I'm not saying you must do it, but others are eager for it. This is one way to prove that your love is real, that it goes beyond mere words. Well, we teach all the time that God so loved the world that he gave, and we say that's what love is. That's exactly what the apostle is saying. He's saying you've got fellow church people in another area. They're in poverty. They've been hit by famine. Things have gone wrong. If you love them, you will give. So there is a standard there. We need to understand that. Uh, the Today's English version says, We are trying to find out how real your love is. There's a standard that is implied there. It's interesting that this word earnestness is used four times in the Bible, in the New Testament, and all four times in 2 Corinthians, by the way. And in 2 Corinthians 7, the chapter before that, in verse 11, it says, For behold, what earnestness this very thing this godly sorrow has produced in you, what vindication of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what avenging of wrong and everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in the matter. What's he saying here? Just like there is proof of innocence and proof of repentance, he uses the same word. 
when there is proof of love, we want to give. So giving is a standard. When somebody says they won't give, they won't serve. Take a family unit, for instance. If there's somebody in that family uh, that won't give, that won't share, that won't contribute, they can talk about love, but they're not demonstrating love. They're not walking in love. We need to read 1 Corinthians 13 and see God's definition of love. Now in verse 9, it says that Jesus was moved by grace. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 tells us that Jesus was moved by grace in his giving. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. He literally gave away the riches or set aside the riches and put himself in an impoverished situation to give us something. And again, you can try to spiritualize this all you want, and it certainly has those connotations. But the text and the context for two solid chapters is talking about money, particularly here, it's talking about receiving an offering. And here, I believe, is the real spiritual understanding of what he's saying in verse 9, that we can become rich in the grace to give. If you want to be rich in something, be rich in the grace to give, because it takes grace to be a generous giver. Now, he says something very interesting in verse 10 and 11, and it's something you can read over and kind of miss the importance of. He says, I give my opinion this matter, for this is for your advantage, who were the first to begin to give a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. So number one, he says there is an advantage to givers. There is an advantage. There is a favor. There is a blessing. There is something that God will do for givers that he won't do for non-givers. That's just how God set up the world. It's called seed time and harvest. So he says here that he gives his opinion this matter that would be good for them and there would be an advantage to them, but now finish doing it, doing what? Doing the offering that they promised so that there was the readiness desired, but there may be the completion of it in your ability. Here's what is being said in these, in these verses. There is a moment of time when you responded to that urge to give. Now, I know this has happened to me, and I'm divinely suspicious that it may have happened to you. There is a moment where you are stirred to give, and if you don't respond at that moment, you lose that opportunity. Now, that same principle works in many other areas of life. How about witnessing? Have you ever missed an opportunity to witness where you felt like, oh, man, I, you were urged, you were stirred by the Spirit, there was something going on, and you missed that opportunity? What happens? you will never get that opportunity back, right? You can witness to somebody else. You could chase that same person down and witness to him. But there was a moment of impartation. There was a moment of divine opportunity, and we missed it. The same may be said for praying. When God moves on our heart to pray, there's an intercession that comes on us. And if we put that off, we miss that engagement. I believe the same thing is true with giving will never have that same opportunity to give. We may be able to give some more money. We might even be able to give during the same thing. But because giving is so spiritual, if we do not engage it at that moment, we are missing that opportunity. And I believe that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he says, this is for your advantage. 
This is a powerful thing. See, giving is not an idea. Giving is not just a Christian ideal. Giving is making a commitment. Giving is the completion of something. Giving is an action. We There's lots of uh, scripture that talks about our decision-making process, and giving certainly comes into that, where we make a decision to give as unto the Lord. Now, let's go back and look here again. Verse 10, I give my opinion in this matter, the matter of what? Giving. For this is to your advantage who were the first to begin. They were the first church to say, yeah, we're in. We're in. We're going we're gonna to help the, the saints in Jerusalem. And you began to do it a year ago, not only to this, but to desire to do it. But now finish doing it just as you started something. So I would say that based on this, uh, certainly there's a pattern of what I would call pledging or faith giving. Uh, I know there are probably some people that have maybe uh, not presented that in the most sanctified light or maybe used pressure on it or something like that. But that is a discipleship tool where when we're flowing in vision, we're flowing in grace, we put something out there. We ask people to join us as partners uh, to give them an opportunity. Uh, And at that moment, they are stirred. And then after that moment where they're stirred, it's like that witnessing, it's like that intercession, that praying. Then they're going to have to complete what they were stirred about. And actually... In my life, in Penny's life, in our home life, there have been times where we knew the Lord wanted us to commit to something because if we didn't commit to it, if we didn't make a vow, if we didn't make a pledge, that it would be very easy to get out of that. And since we're covenant people, we depended on the grace of God to meet that obligation. And you know what? God always helped us to meet that obligation. It worked every time, and we've done it. Uh, I can say many, many times. Giving is a spiritual standard. You can measure somebody's heart by giving. If a person is committed to their local church, they are going to give to that local church. That is going to be a measurable ideal. That is one reason why the tithe is so important, because it gives everybody the same standard of giving. Now, again, this text is not talking about the tithe, but the tithe is a standard of giving where everybody, no matter what their income level is, can equally participate at the same degree. Giving is a spiritual standard. That is principle number two. I've heard people say, well, you know, really giving doesn't measure a person's heart. You can't judge it by somebody giving. That is totally not true. God so loved the world that he gave. We've got to understand something, that the vision of our life is recorded in our checkbook. If you want to know what your vision is, if you want to know what's important to you, I can help you. Just give me your checkbook and I'll just read it off to you. That will tell me what your vision is. And that doesn't mean that there are things in there that are unimportant. Your car is important. Your house is important. Your clothes are important. Education is important. That's all designed to get you somewhere. Okay. But it should be designed also to understand that God gives us seed for the sower, not just seed to consume. 
Giving is a spiritual standard. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. It's been good to be with you and talk with you about the scriptures. Hopefully you'll share this uh, with somebody close to you. Invite them to uh, join the podcast with you. And we're going to look forward to next week to covering another spiritual principle from 2 Corinthians 8. One of my favorites, if you're allowed to have favorites. Today, Keith continued the discussion on giving. God gives us seed for the sower, not seed to consume. Giving is a spiritual standard. We can measure our heart by our giving. Giving is not just an idea. It's a commitment and it's a response. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.